From the birthplace of radio's greatest era. Now, from New York, it's Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Unlike anything else on radio today, it's a front row seat for great information with today's leading experts. Travel with a third generation travel icon, Linda Perillo. The Fox News Medical All-Stars featuring Dr. Mark Siegel, Dr. Marty McCary, Dr. Jeanette Nishwat, and the OG, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Legal analysis from former prosecutor and court journalism superstar Imran Ansari and Christine Nicholas. The quintessential heartbeat to New York hospitality. All Joining legendary broadcast pro Kevin McCullough on a mission unlike any other. United to bring back New York. Now, live from Studio 111, here's Kevin McCullough. All right, uh, we've got a lot to get to. Um, I am looking forward to having some conversations that are going to get a little under the surface, and we're going to we're going to talk about some things that are not being discussed in other arenas when it comes to the uh, big legal cases of the day. Of course, another indictment coming down, uh, and uh, the president uh, having to appear uh, in there in the uh, January sixth uh, situation. We'll have analysis of that coming in the days to come as well. But I want to start with a story out of the epoch. Epoch Times that uh, kind of took me by surprise. Um, I, and I, I'm surprised that uh, we've not uh, heard more about this, but I'm glad that at least the Epoch Times is reporting on it. Um, special counsel Jack Smith uh, had to admit this last week uh, that in their ongoing indictment against uh, President Donald Trump in the Mar-a-Lago case, they have um, failed to turn over all evidence to the Trump legal team as they are required by law to do. And not only that, they lied to the court saying that they had. Now, look, you're going to draw the conclusions you want to draw. But if the Trump team had done this, if the Trump team had not turned over evidence that they were supposed to, so that the other side could see it. And then they went and they told the judge that they had, um, every news network in the country would be, would be calling them on it. Every single news network would be uh, flailing about, demanding that uh, you know, there be something done about Trump's legal team. Of course, they would blame 45 for it entirely and say that it was some sort of um, conspiratorial agenda that he worked with his attorneys to do, but, but the other side does it, and you can't even get a mainstream outlet to cover the story. Here's what exactly happened. Mr. Smith's team, and he's the prosecutor in the Mar-a-Lago case and in the January 6th case, said in a July 31st um, court filing in that classified documents case against former President uh, Trump, that it had incorrectly claimed during a legal, during a July 18 hearing that it had provided all Mar-a-Lago surveillance footage to Mr. Trump's defense attorneys as required by law. On July 27, as part of the preparation for the superseding indictment coming later that day and the discovery production for defendant De Oliveira, the government learned that this footage had not been processed and uploaded to the platform established for the defense to view the subpoenaed footage. The government's representation at July 18 hearing that all surveillance footage the government had obtained pre-indictment had been produced was therefore incorrect. Now, under what is called the Brady Rule, prosecutors in a criminal trial have a constitutional duty to disclose all the evidence for the defendant's legal team, including information that is favorable to the accused and could reduce a potential sentence. So again, this is not even up for debate. Is It is entirely required by the Constitution. Mr. Smith's team accused Mr. Trump in a new superseding indictment filed on July 27th of conspiring with his staff to delete some security footage so that the grand jury in the case would not see all the evidence. The Department of Justice didn't immediately return a request for the comment from the Epoch Times. But the president, in that superseding indictment, denied deleting the tapes. 
The special counsel charged Mr. Trump with willful retention of national defense information and two charges in connection to claims that he allegedly told Mar-a-Lago workers to delete security tapes to prevent a grand jury from seeing them. Mar-a-Lago staffer Carlos De De Oliveira has been named as a third defendant in the superseding indictment. Uh, You've also got Walt Nauta, the former um, gardener or whoever it was, and the commander-in-chief. Mr. Trump took uh, took to his social media platform to deny the new charges, claiming that Smith's new allegation is false and tantamount to election interference ahead of the 2024 contest. The security tapes being deleted was a made-up lie by Jack Smith, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump wrote. The superseding indictment alleges that Mr. De Oliveira told another Mar-a-Lago employee that the boss wanted a server deleted on June 27th of 2022. That came about two months before the FBI agents raided the Palm Beach Resort owned by the former president, uncovering alleged, allegedly classified documents in a storage area, which it didn't because they already knew they were there. They didn't discover, they didn't discover classified documents. The, the, the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago were already there. The National Archives already knew that they were there. They had asked them to put extra security on the door so that nobody could get them that wasn't supposed to. Mr. Trump has said he used presidential authority to declassify all of the relevant documents in the case against him and has denied that he hid any materials from the government. In a statement following the July 27th announcement, Of that indictment and new charges, Mr. Trump's campaign said that the new allegations were part of a continued, desperate, and failing attempt to harass the former president. Jack Smith knows that they have no case and is casting about for any way to salvage their witch hunt and to get someone other than Donald Trump to run against crooked Joe Biden. An average polling data of uh, Real Clear Politics shows a close matchup between Biden and Trump, the former president enjoying a lead of about one point. Mr. Smith's superseding indictment increases the total number of charges in the classified materials case to about 40. I read somewhere that if, if he's found guilty on all of them, it's like 581 days or 581 years in prison. It's a joke. Has been a joke, will be a joke. Jack Smith is a joke. He got overturned by the Supreme Court for going after the, the governor of Virginia a few years ago, nine to nothing. That means that even the really far lefties on the court thought this dude's whack. But this is who Merrick Garland put in charge of these two investigations into the president. And hence the case is now being brought. Have you noticed one other thing? Have you noticed that they don't bring the next case? It doesn't drop until some really bad piece of news comes out about the Bidens. The Devin Archer testimony went down last week, and what happened the next day? Trump gets another indictment. It's like they're trying to distract you from the actual criminal ongoing behavior of the current president, his son, and all the corruption that they were involved in. Now, the January 6th garbage, I've lost all respect for Mike Pence. I've lost all respect for Bill Barr. I've lost all respect for anybody that enjoyed the popularity of Trump's policies and the position of being his vice president and then stabbing him in the back at the first opportunity. It's classless. And I used to be a big Mike Pence fan. I think he served his state well in the Congress. I thought he was a good governor. I thought he was a good vice president right up until the, the final few minutes. And it's fine that he didn't, uh, he didn't send the electors back to the states, which is what the president was asking him to do. Very novel legal theory, not a sound one, not one that I would have advised him to do, and I wouldn't have gone along with it either. But to, to act the way he has acted since then, to make claims like that Trump endangered his life, it's garbage, and he knows it. And he's now playing a game for his own political survival to try to have a career past this. Sadly, I think Mike Pence's days are done. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad you're with us. Coming up next, we're going to talk to a former prosecutor who's got a lot of ideas about these indictments. Bob Barr joins me next. Next. 
I'm super excited about the conversation I just had with Alex Kinsella over at Route 22 Toyota. He was catching me up on the landscape of the automotive industry, and I got to tell you, he really seems to have it figured out. Alex and his entire team over at Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey, makes the entire car shopping experience easy. He let me know that while inventory levels are far from perfect, they finally got a nice selection of new cars over at Route 22 Toyota, including RAV4 and Highlanders. Plus, they're holding inventory for local New Jersey residents versus selling them to people calling from out of state. Call Route 22 Toyota at 973-705-8905 and let the team show you one of the area's largest selections of new Toyota vehicles. And be sure to check out their huge selection of pre-owned and Toyota certified used vehicles while you're there. That's 973-705-8905. And remember to tell them that Joe Piscopo sent you. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. With over 100 years of law enforcement and his family's blue blood, Tommy Setner gives a just-the-facts, bird's-eye street perspective on all things current events, politics, law enforcement, and entertainment. Joined by Robin DeLore, producer and entertainer, The Tommy Setner Show. Buckle up, America. Listen to The Tommy Setner Show with Robin DeLore weekdays at noon on AM 970, The Answer. Hemp Leaf products are the next big thing in skin and body care. From head to toe, they have you covered. Their formulas have been handed down through generations of herbalists and have now been made available to the general public. The remarkable neuropathy cream, Helixer, has brought pain relief to millions within minutes of application. The whipped body butters and creams will leave your skin feeling soft, silky, and hydrated, giving your skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. The body washes, shampoos, and soaps are the the perfect solution to help keep your body free of the germs, fungus, and bacteria that we encounter every day. All of these natural botanical products are manufactured in their Long Island, New York facility. All products are vegan-friendly and cruelty-free. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you would not put in it. Visit www.hemplief.com. That's www.hemplief.com and enter the word Arthur at checkout and get 10% off. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. If you're a local business and want to see what Salem Surround can do for you, Google Salem Surround New York. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today. AM 970, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Eric Metaxas explains the process with his latest book. I've never, never, ever, ever felt God calling me to write a book. Now, to some people that sounds loony. I, I, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you, but it does feel to me, I had never felt that feeling before that I've got to write this in obedience hmm. to God because this is happening now and I need to write this and I need to reach the Christians and the Christian leaders that are capable of being reached. The Eric Metaxas Show, weeknights at 11 on AM 970, The Answer. Our hosts, tell it like it is. No safe spaces here. AM 970, The Answer. Of all the boys, boys, boys. And now, boys, from boys, New York, boys, back to Radio Night Live, here's Kevin boys. McCullough. I'm going to talk to a couple of attorneys that come from different kind of, um, I don't know, uh, philosophical ends of the spectrum, but they both have uh, a lot of experience in their fields, uh, criminal law, prosecution, uh, representation in Congress and so forth. And we are going to begin this conversation with uh, former Congressman Bob Barr, who is also a very um, talented prosecutor before going to Congress. And he is still involved deeply in the care for the integrity of the judiciary and uh, matters that come before the courts today. Congressman, always a pleasure to have you with us. You're one of my heroes uh, during the impeachment saga. And uh, I, I still uh, think of 
how doggedly you fought such good fights uh, for the people of Georgia, and I appreciate you spending time with us. Let me get to thank you, Kevin. Let me get to the top stories of this week. The president, you know, a couple of uh, a couple of more indictments. I think he's facing what is it, 581 years in prison uh, if he's found guilty on on all the things that are in the courts currently. Um, I think a lot of people that talk to me ask me questions like, Kev, how come these always seem to happen like the day after something bad is revealed about the Bidens? I don't want to really speculate on the politics for the purpose of my conversation with you, but I would like an, an, an understanding and an estimation of uh, if you were advising the former president, what exactly would you be focusing on? There's lots of plate spinning. How do you put these things in order and what do you focus on first? Those are all good questions, and the environment in which you're asking them and in which I'm going to respond is so different, Kevin, from the environment back in the late 1980s and uh, 2000 when I was uh, the U.S. attorney here in Atlanta under Presidents Reagan and Bush one, and under you know the great Attorney General Ed Meese that it's difficult to even make comparisons. Back in, back in my day, uh, the rule and the policy that uh, the Attorney General of the United States followed in working with and monitoring all of the 93 U.S. attorneys across the country, of which I was just one here in uh, the Northern District of Georgia, was the U.S. attorney makes a determination on their best judgment of what the prosecuting priorities are and the evidence that they have put, put together on whether or not to prosecute a case. And the U.S. attorneys were told, I was told by Ed Meese, for example, when I had a, a public corruption case, sometimes involving Republicans, sometimes involving Democrats, when you are ready, Bob Barr, to bring that case to the grand jury and to try, you do so. We don't interfere with when you bring it, as long as you bring it based on the evidence, the law, and when you're ready to do so. It seems very different now, Kevin. And, you know, I have the same concerns that a lot of people do, that the timing of these things seems not to be so much dictated by the law, the evidence, and when you're ready to bring a case, as it is extraneous factors. And I don't know that for a fact, but that seems to be somewhat problematic. Well, and I think that, I, that because it, they, they are contrasting like that, so you have bad information coming, about, coming out about the president or his son or their business dealings, etc., and then you have... Um, you know, uh, another bomb drop supposedly on 45. It, I think the average American that's sitting at home is going, wait a minute, um, these, uh, there's a consistency to what's happening here. And it seems as though um, the DOJ appears to be in on time with something. Uh, and, and I don't want to jump to that conclusion meritlessly, but it, they're making it look like that in terms of how this is getting executed. Now, I'm, I'm glad you brought up your experience under Mr. Meese because I would like to get your assessment of how you think uh, Attorney General Gar uh, Merrick Garland is handling uh, these cases and whether or not you even feel like he's been truthful in terms of how he empowered uh, Mr. Smith and his team to go about um, some of these investigations that they've been in. Uh, and again, Jack Smith has also had a hand in some of the, the, the looking at some of the Biden stuff too, but how is the conduct of the attorney general being um, consistent with what you've known in the past? How is he comporting himself today? Well, first of all, it is vitally important to touch on your initial point there, Kevin, and that is the public view of the credibility of the Department of Justice, if in fact there is, as there appears to be, uh, a significant concern on the part of the public that these federal prosecutions are not being handled objectively uh, and in a nonpartisan way, that can very subtly and perhaps even uh, very openly erode public confidence in our federal judicial system, which is very bad because in many cases, uh, the uh, success in bringing legitimate cases such as corruption and fraud and major drug cases depends on the public's willingness to assist by providing evidence and 
being witnesses and so forth. And if the public feels that these cases are not being handled objectively and in a nonpartisan way, that can make the government's job much harder in protecting the public. So that does concern me. Whether or not uh, Merrick Garland, and I'm not a fan of his, but uh, whether or not he has had any hand at all in interfering with a U.S. or the former U.S. attorney, Jack Smith, the special counsel, uh, after he assured us publicly and before the Congress that he didn't, uh, I don't know. But I do think that that is a very legitimate exercise for the, uh, the Judiciary Committee in the House, if not the Oversight Committee, to look into. Uh, because if you have an attorney general that says, okay, I am appointing a special counsel and they are going to have full free reign to seek evidence and marshal evidence on their jurisdiction wherever they wish, and then steps are taken to limit that, uh, that addresses the credibility uh, and truthfulness and ethics of an attorney general. We don't need that. So I hope Congress really does inquire a lot more deeply into that. Yeah. Let me ask you to switch hats for a second and go back to Congress for a second. Um, the Comer Committee and the Jordan Committees have really gotten down to some brass tacks, particularly on the corruption stuff. And from your perspective and knowing the the criminal courts and what the power of the committee there is to refer to the DOJ. Do you anticipate, well, it, are the committees having at least some positive impact, if nothing else, things like the plea bargain uh, got blown up uh, in, in part perhaps the, because the judge is aware of things that are, that's hanging out there that were not uh, clear, uh, clearly evident in the uh, plea bargain itself. But are these committees doing the job that you think they need to be doing to help ferret out uh, the public corruption? They could be doing better. I think they need to coordinate their activities a little bit better, and they need to discipline the Republican members on the committees better than they have been. Uh, it doesn't help to have members on these important committees and these vital hearings uh, going off on tangents. You have to be disciplined. You have to make sure that you are uh, approaching these investigations according to an overall coordinated strategy. And in that regard, each one of the two committees and the two committees combined need to be doing a better job of that, in my view. Okay. Hopefully they will. Uh, I, I think that Speaker McCarthy would like to see that um, coordination as well. So hopefully that will happen in the future. Bob Barr, we always appreciate your insight on the uh, legal issues of the day. Thank you for being with us. My pleasure, Kevin. You got it. And follow him on Twitter. One of the better uh, reads uh, if you're watching, especially top legal news of the country, Bob Barr on Twitter. Kevin McCullough coming right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters reporting. Former President Trump appeared in a Washington, D.C. courtroom today where he pleaded not guilty to charges he conspired to overturn the 2020 presidential election between he and Joe Biden. He fired off a post on his Truth Social platform before his arraignment telling readers, I am being arrested for you. Lebanon's caretaker prime minister has demanded an end to the volatile clashes in the country's largest Palestinian refugee camp, warning that troops may have to intervene if the deadly violence doesn't stop. Najib Makati called Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas on Thursday after sporadic clashes left dozens dead and wounded. The gunman who stormed a synagogue in the heart of Pittsburgh's Jewish community and killed 11 worshippers has been formally sentenced to death. A judge imposed the sentence Thursday on Robert Bowers. More on these stories at srnnews.com. Sponsored by Route 22 Toyota Service Department. If you're tired of dealing with dummies, go experience the smart way to service your Toyota. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from Big Tech. Become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to every radio show over the last 10 years, all commercial free. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free PragerTopia coffee mug. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. 
Increase your investment knowledge in a unique way this year. Join us on the 2023 Eagle Financial Publications Cruise along with The Money Show. Visit EagleFinancialCruise.com for details and to secure your cabin. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. America First with Sebastian Gorka. Weekday afternoons at 3 and evenings at 10 on AM 970. The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Graduation season is here, and many students finish college without a clear path towards a career. Do you know a graduate in this position? Tell them about Plaza College's accelerated program in court reporting, which allows you to speed your way into the legal field and make good money without going to law school. This is an in-demand, lucrative career with flexibility that more people need to know about. I'm told district attorneys are in dire need of court reporters. Courts, schools, and television stations are all seeking these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions, classes, live shows, and sporting events. With the national shortage, NCRA partnered with Plaza to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z, and it's being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. Sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. Craving that signature Sunday sauce? Michaels of Brooklyn will make your place a must. Join Michaels of Brooklyn Sauce of the Month Club. Receive a different jar of Michaels of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta and biscotti each month for six months. Make your home the place to be with Michaels of Brooklyn's signature fresh marinara right in your home. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com and order online. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Michaels of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. Take it from Charlie Kirk. As I read this New York Times article, so I read the New York Times so you don't have to. Salem Media Group reaches more people than they realize. This is my favorite line of the whole thing. Their hosts are big names and they have huge reach, which makes them one of the most powerful forces in conservative media. Step into our big names to help grow your business. To find out more about it, reach out to our general sales manager, Laura Schaefer, by calling 212-857-9639. Thank you for finally noticing. AM 970, The Answer. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. And now, from New York, back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough back. Uh, glad to have you with us. Uh, Imran Ansari is away today. But in his stead, Alan Dershowitz is going to rejoin me. Professor, you predicted almost with um, prescient clarity the uh, kind of uh, cases that Jack Smith and the prosecutors have uh, sought to bring against the former president. I'm curious, in your book, Get Trump, you you laid a lot of this out. How on the mark were you in your predictions? Well, I was 100 percent of my prediction because I make actual predictions based on my 60 years of experience, not what <laughs> CNN does. CNN's predictions are all wishful thinking, self-fulfilling prophecies, and they're almost always wrong. I was the only person, I think, you know, on the air who predicted that uh, the judge in Delaware wouldn't accept <clears throat> Hunter Biden's um, plea bargain. Everybody said that was crazy, ridiculous. Judges accept it all the time. But I, I knew from my experience that there was enough uncertainty that the judge wouldn't accept it. And I think it was pretty clear that these four indictments, the three that occurred, plus the one likely to occur in Fulton County, uh, were, were in the offing. I also think there'll be some convictions. Uh, that is, if the trial remains in the District of Columbia in front of this judge who has shown extraordinary uh, bias uh, against uh, Trump and in favor of other demonstrators, um, um, there'll be a conviction, uh, but no reasonable people won't trust it. Uh, they'll say the conviction resulted from a venue in the district, uh, most anti-Trump of any district in the United States in front of a judge, you know, who, who learned her profession from the law firm of uh, Boy Schiller, which has been disqualified and condemned more often than any big firm in American history, wow. in my opinion. Uh, and so uh, justice must not only be done, it must seem to be done. And if this case continues in front of this judge and the D.C. jury, uh, half of America won't, in the end, trust the judgment. We need a case 
presented in front of a judge in West Virginia who has no prior history with Trump. And if he's convicted, then the public will say, gee, uh, justice was achieved. But you're not going to get that feeling if there's a conviction in the District of Columbia in front of this judge. So looking back into your 60-year crystal ball, what what are the next steps both on for both sides? Uh, and, and I'm curious about the president's defense strategy. What does he tackle first and how does he go about it? Well, they're not going to do it because I don't think the lawyers are creative enough to do this. But if I were the lawyer for Trump, I would not accept being arraigned today in front of the magistrate of this judge. I would immediately come to court and say, we're moving for a change of venue and we're moving for a change of judge and we're not going to enter a plea until we get that resolved. And I would immediately appeal a denial and say this is a unique case um, where the public has to have trust in the outcome of the case and there should be a right to interlocutory appeal from a judgment denying change of venue and change of judge. So I would get very aggressive and make those motions right at the arraignment. It's not going to happen. He's just going to plead not guilty is my prediction. Why do you think his attorneys have not been more aggressive? It's, it's no accident. The lawyers are terrified. Uh, look, five of them were named as unindicted co-conspirators. Uh, even I have been subject to a bar complaint by Project 65, this group that has sworn to go after any lawyer who defends Trump. And when I protested Project 65 and said I would defend anybody who was subject to discipline for defending Trump, what do you think they did? They filed the bar complaint against me. So there is out there uh, an attempt to terrify lawyers and make them timid. Every American ought to be concerned about this indictment, which endangers both freedom of speech and the right to counsel. Do you think that eventually the Trump cases end up before the Supreme Court? I do. Yeah, the question is when and whether it's after a conviction or before a conviction. Some may be after, some may be before. Uh, as we know, we'll indict a ham sandwich if the prosecutor asks it to. And a petty jury in Manhattan and a petty jury in the District of Columbia will convict a ham sandwich if his name is Trump. And so I think if things don't change now, we'll see convictions and then we'll see appeals. But the appeals will probably occur after the election, whereas the convictions may well occur before the election and could influence the election. If he, if he is found guilty in more than one situation, and you seem to think there'll be at least a couple, yeah. um, and I, I don't often ask you about your political instincts, but how do you think that resonates with the average everyday worker, blue collar, you know, resident of Pennsylvania, let's say, that, uh, well, that is watching it this, helped. that watches this play out? It helps Trump uh, with his base and with some independence. I don't think it gets him over the 50% mark. I don't think there's enough there to get him elected. Remember, nobody's gonna win the 2024 election. Somebody's gonna lose it, but nobody's gonna win it. Uh, Americans don't want to vote for Biden and they don't wanna vote for Trump. They would much prefer to have a third candidate. There is no third candidate. So uh, neither one will win, but one will lose. Yeah. And uh, I think that this, uh, these cases boost Trump's chances of getting the nomination, but they don't materially increase his chances of winning the election. That's He's at 44 percent right now, yeah. um, based on the New York Times polls. I don't think he ever makes it to 50 percent. Uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz, thank you for being with us. Always my pleasure. Thank you. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Stay here. Dennis Prager here. Join us in Israel this fall. Soon, time will run out, and then you'll regret you didn't go, I promise. Mike Gallagher and I are headed back to Israel in October with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to stand with Israel. That's the name of the tour. We'll be visiting amazing places in the Holy Land designed to encourage and captivate you at every turn. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com and sign up today. In Israel, we'll explore some of the most fascinating sites from religious and political history. We'll walk on the streets of Jerusalem, sail the Sea of Galilee, float in the Dead Sea. In fact, you could even sit in the Dead Sea with all its healing and rejuvenating effects and visit the Western Wall, a spiritual experience you will always remember deeply, fondly. Our expert guides will help explain the significance of every site, and our food and accommodations are specifically designed with you in mind. No other trip will be like the Stand with Israel tour. Sign up today to travel with Mike Gallagher and me this October. Call 855-565-5519 or just visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. 
Hemp Leaf products are the next big thing in skin and body care. From head to toe, they have you covered. Their formulas have been handed down through generations of herbalists and have now been made available to the general public. The remarkable neuropathy cream, Helixer, has brought pain relief to millions within minutes of application. The whipped body butters and creams will leave your skin feeling soft, silky, and hydrated, giving your skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. The body washes, shampoos, and soaps are the perfect solution to help keep your body free of the germs, fungus, and bacteria that we encounter every day. All of these natural botanical products are manufactured in their Long Island, New York facility. All products are vegan-friendly and cruelty-free. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you would not put in it. Visit www.hemplief.com. That's www.hemplief.com and enter the word Arthur at checkout and get 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Call in to the Joe Piscopo Show and let your voice be heard. Hey, let me go to Tom and Boca Raton. Your show is, in my opinion, the great American story. Joe Piscopo's father, the family, Al, everybody in your show, you guys put together a team. I love your show. Everybody's beautiful. We're very fortunate to have a great American story, Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo, weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on AM 970, The Answer. More than 80 million Americans count on AM radio stations like this one for news, important weather updates, and the opportunity to discuss and debate important issues facing our country. But some people want to remove AM radio from new cars being manufactured, and we can't let that happen. The Senate Commerce Committee has approved the AM radio for every vehicle, Senate Bill 1669, and moved it on for a vote in the full Senate. It also faces action in the U.S. House. Your U.S. Senator and your representative in Congress are in your home state during the annual congressional recess this August. When you see your senator or congressman visiting your community, please tell them you want their support to keep AM radio strong, vibrant, and available to you in your car. This is your opportunity to stand up and be heard, or just text AM to 52886. That's AM to 52886 to tell Congress to support AM radio. America First with Sebastian Gorka. Weekday afternoons at 3 and evenings at 10 on AM 970. The answer. And now from New York, back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. All right. Well, as uh, much as we love talking about the news of the day, Imran, you've still got Esquire etiquette coming up for us tonight with uh, helpful tips about our legal lives. We'll get into that uh, before we're done. But we want to take a little time out because Plaza College is such a phenomenal sponsor of our show. And their school of court reporting, you know, they're going to have, you know, graduation is happening and then you're going to have a whole new class and a whole new opportunity uh, to change your life. And we, we love talking to people that have been part of the program. And uh, I, I'm pretty excited about our guest, Imran, because she's called a stenofluencer. Have you ever heard of a stenofluencer before? I have not. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> We're going to find out what one is. Danae Vidal, thank you for joining us and welcome to Legal Night here at Radio Night Live. Thank you so much for having me. A stenofluencer on TikTok. This sounds very hip, probably way too hip for me. Uh, what is a stenofluencer? So a stenofluencer is basically, um, I'm a stenographer, a court reporter, and I basically spread steno. And steno is the shorthand that stenographers use to basically write at and type uh, 225 words per minute and beyond. So I just basically go around and um, on social media and I try to promote stenography and court borders because we have a national shortage and we want to stop that shortage. Yeah. Well, and in fact, you this is not a small thing, Imran. She has 10,000 followers uh, as a stenofluencer. I I don't know how you say it. Anyway, stenofluencer. Um, stenofluencer. But I'm pretty sure 10,000 followers is more than than this show has on social media. So uh, (laughs) you're doing well, Danae. Um, So that's the fun side of what you're doing now. How did you get into it? Well, I got into into stenofluencing or court reporting in general. Uh, Let's talk. Let's start with the court reporting first. Yes. 
So my husband, he's actually a videographer, and at the time he was my boyfriend. We've been together now for like 15 years. But he was a videographer for a court reporting agency, and his cousin was a court reporter. And she was driving around in a Benz and just making six figures. And I was in college at the time for speech pathology, and I was like, I can make that money doing court reporting, going to school in half the time. And I was just like, okay, I'm switching over. So that's how I got into it. Wow. Wow. So uh, what kind of uh, court reporting do you do? You know, so I'm, gonna, I'm a practicing attorney, so I'm very well aware of, of the uh, benefits and also the role uh, a court reporter or stenographer plays in the legal world and use you know, for depositions, trials, in court, so many yep. uh, important functions. Uh, what, what are some of the things that you do? Well, currently I work for Bronx Criminal Court and I'm an official court reporter here. And I do trials. Um, and before this, I was actually captioning for um, a few television networks, CNN, MSNBC, QVC. And I would do that live, and I did that from my home. And before that, I was actually a car provider, which is the same thing, a stenographer. Uh, but we're basically in classrooms for in, in different colleges, and we assist the hard-of-hearing community. And um, so, so to ensure that they have equal access in the classroom. Wow. So you've done like the whole field of stenography. Like I have, done yeah. The broadcast, the academic and the court and the court is what you're doing now. Um, yeah. Imran talks all the time, Danae, about how in demand uh, the, the court reporters are for the courts themselves. Um, it, I also hear a lot about how lucrative it is. Can you respond to both of those issues like uh, how how the how the lucrative uh, re, um, remuneration happens, but also what the need is in the courts right now. Well, I'll start with the with the need in the courts. That's one of the main reasons why I became um, why why I created Stenofluencer um, was because we really we're really so short in court. There's times we're, we're just we literally need like I want to say in our courthouse alone probably like. 30 to 40 court reporters um, and we're working very hard here and thank God we have a really good group of reporters. We work together so we get the job done but the the judges and the clerks are constantly calling like we need a reporter for this, we need a reporter for that and we can't fill it so we have to combine parts and that's you know it's really stressful on the court and it's scary for, for us in our jobs and this is such a lucrative field it just makes no sense that there's not a million court reporters so in terms of um how this is lucrative i i mean i know i don't personally make six hundred thousand dollars a year but i personally know court reporters who freelance that make that much um and in the courts we make well well above a hundred thousand dollars two hundred three hundred thousand dollars and you make that from the salary and then also from our transcript money. So, you know, when we go home at the end of the day after court is done, after the trial's done and everybody's relaxing, I mean, the attorneys aren't always relaxing. They're looking through the transcripts and, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying nothing. You're going home relaxing, but, Tell you, um, you know, we're going home and we're, <laughs> we're working on the transcript until it's it's perfect. And then we're sending it to you guys so you guys can do your job. So it's, you know, it's a it's a well-oiled machine, all of us together. So, yeah, that's how we make, you know, extra money in the court from the transcripts. Yeah, it really is. So, yeah, you know, uh, and you're in criminal court right now. And I, I hear what you're saying in terms of uh, things being short-staffed to the extent that they combine the parts, which makes, uh, you know, things the day all the more longer uh, and stressful, especially if you're also an attorney trying to get your, your client's case called. But uh, one thing, uh, it, you know, you make a great point. So if we're going to order as an attorney, if we're going to order the transcript, let's say for at the end of the day uh, at trial or for a deposition in a civil case uh that is money that you as the stenographer is going to earn right if we're asking and especially if we're asking for special things like rushing the transcript that's some right. big buck uh money that you could earn as a stenographer right yes and especially for real time so let's say i mean our courthouse we don't do real time but 
a lot of attorneys want real time so that's extra money also because you're getting it right there the transcript live where you don't even have to ask the court reporter to read back you can scroll and read back look to see what was said and that's also extra money because that's a that's another um uh another thing we offer right and plaza college is is where you got the skills to really get into the industry yeah, I mean, I didn't personally go to Plaza College, but um, Plaza College is an amazing school. Well, in, in terms of what we think around here, they are the only place to go to find out about yeah. court reporting. And uh, yep. who knows, maybe you could be a stenofluencer <laughs> with 10,000 followers of your own, uh, not to mention making $600,000 a year. Uh, Danae, <laughs> it's been wonderful to have you with us. Thank you for being here. Friends, if you're listening and you're thinking, I want to be like Danae, uh, you need to go to plazacollege.edu, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu, uh, and take that first step, which is learning the stenography, the court reporting itself. Then you can be a stenofluencer. P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. Coming right back. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. Queen-size MyPillows, regular price is $69.98, now only $19.98, and just $10 more for king-size. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to get Mike's amazing offer on the queen-size MyPillow for only $19.98, or call 800 651-0798. Use the promo code P. In addition to the special anniversary offer on the MyPillows, you will also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code P to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his MyPillow. Are you considering a unique way to enhance your investment knowledge this year? Then sign up today for the all-inclusive Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Along with our trusted partner, The Money Show, we're setting sail this December to explore some of the most beautiful and unspoiled destinations in the Caribbean. But this is no ordinary vacation. It's a chance to learn from top Eagle Financial experts like best-selling authors George Gilder, Mark Skousen, and others who will be hosting a series of workshops and seminars throughout the trip. Imagine lounging on the sun deck while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals or enjoying a gourmet dinner at the same table with one of our leading financial authorities. This once-in-a-lifetime cruise is a perfect way to combine education and relaxation to achieve your investment goals. This cruise will sell out quickly, so visit EagleFinancialCruise.com today to learn more and to secure your cabin. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you, and without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years, and it's commercial-free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. Pregatopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pregatopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager, Pregatopia Unlimited. Go to Pregatopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Brandon Tatum is next on AM 970, The Answer. Once more, from New York, Radio Night Live, here's Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough, so glad to have you with us. I don't know if you are aware, but there's been a growing tiff in another uh, arena of government uh, between two people you haven't heard in the headlines lately. There's no there's no Trump and there's no Biden in this story. Uh, Dick Durbin, the um, 
one of the top Senate Democrats. Uh, in fact, he's the, the top Democrat besides the leader, uh, Senate Majority Leader um, Chuck Schumer, um, blasted Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito this week, claiming that, uh, well, he's, this is what he said. He said, let's be clear. Justice Alito is not the 101st member of the United States Senate. His intervention in Article One activity is unwise and unwelcome, Senate Judiciary Chairman Dick Durbin said in a statement on Wednesday. Now, what was this all about? Well, those comments came because he's responding to the Supreme Court Justice, who in a recent Wall Street Journal um, interview criticized a new bill that's being pushed by Durbin and his Democrat colleagues that would try to impose new uh, rules on the Supreme Court justices. Now, listen to this. Alito told the Journal, very clearly, Congress did not create the Supreme Court. The Constitution did. <laughs> he goes, I know this is a controversial view, but I'm willing to say it. No provision in the Constitution gives them the authority to regulate the Supreme Court. Period, he added. Durbin continued to fire back at Alito's comments, saying he is providing speculative public commentary on a bill that is going through the legislative process. The ethical conduct of the Supreme Court justices is a serious matter within this committee's jurisdiction. Ensuring ethical conduct by the justices is critical to the court's legitimacy, said Durbin. I've said from the beginning of this inquiry, if the court does not act on ethics reform, Congress will. We've advanced, advanced a bill to do so last month, and we will continue our push to ensure the highest court in America does not have the lowest ethical standards. Okay, let's take them both at their word. Durbin thinks he's got all the power because he's head of the Judiciary Committee in the Senate. And they're going to pass some sort of legislation that's going to go over to the House. And let's assume for a second you could get McCarthy and the Republicans in the House of Representatives to go along with it. Unlikely. And as a result, uh, it goes to the president's desk. And let's say Joe Biden signs it, which he's just daft enough. He just might. What do you think happens to a bill that becomes law when a law is unconstitutional? Someone sues in a court to verify the constitutionality of that bill. And when they sue to verify the constitutionality of a law, it goes through sometimes a, a wide variety of opinions on the lower level until it goes to where? The Supreme Court. And what's the one question that the Supreme Court answers about all laws that come before it? What does the Constitution say about this? Good luck, Mr. Durbin. You're wasting your time. Doesn't mean Supreme Court justices get to do anything they want. If you think that uh, you can, you impeach one and take them down. There is accountability. But Congress didn't get to make up what the Supreme Court justices do, and it doesn't get to make up anything about their job. That's in the Constitution. And for the time being, we still have one. I'm Kevin McCullough. We'll see you next time.